What is going on, my fellow geeks? Three movies with elves and a guy with a white beard. Not a lot of people accept it as canon. 2022 will be the year of Star Wars. Well, I have more than just one piece of geek news. I have been Isaac Hunter. Which is like high culture, but better. Hello, fellow geeks, and welcome back to Raving Geeks, the weekly pop culture podcast where we talk about all things geeky and geek culture, which is like high culture, but better. My name is Hope Goodero, host of Raving Geeks podcast, along with my co-host Carter, who will introduce himself in a minute with our question of the week. If you're just joining us for the first time and you like this episode, you could find our other episodes at cm-life.com and any other place that you listen to podcasts like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or YouTube. And with Spotify Wrapped just coming out, maybe next year we'll be on your Spotify Wrapped. Um, but yeah, just search up Central Michigan Life Podcasts Raving Geeks. Um, so I am in front of Giselle's house and her husband, Patrick Dempsey slash McDreamy, who actually had to sing um, after getting out of um, Grey's Anatomy, not having to be in any of the singing episodes. Um, but so, Car- Carter, I want to know, what is your favorite fairy tale or favorite version of a fairy tale? Uh, my favorite fairy tale is The Little Mermaid, but I also really like everything they did in the TV show Once Upon a Time if that kind of counts as its own separate fairy tale, because it's an overarching story, but just with little fairy tales in between. But I really like how that show did the fairy tale mythos. But Little Mermaid's always been one of my favorites, and Cinderella, too. I always like those two stories the best. Um, I will say that my favorite, I can't choose an actual favorite fairy tale because... They're also gruesome, but also in their own different ways. Um, but I will say that my favorite version of a fairy tale has to be the Jeremy Renner version of Hansel and Gretel mm-hmm. um, that came out in the early 2010s. I think it's 2008, um, pretty sure. In what? I think it was 2008. Was it? I think it was later than that because... I know my sister and I went to go see it together because it was rated R. Um, 2013. 2013. Got it. Yep. Hansel and Gretel, um, Gemma Arterton, Famp uh, Jansen. So you might know her if you know the original X Men movies as uh, Phoenix slash. Jean Grey. Mm-hmm. I almost forgot her name for a minute. Um, but yeah, I really liked that one. It gave like a new a twist on um like what happens after the story ends. Because you know, fairy tales, they're short, they end at a certain time, but mm-hmm. there's still stuff that happens. Um, but yeah, so that is our uh question of the week. If you guys have a favorite fairy tale or favorite version of a fairy tale we would love to hear uh what your response is um yeah so next on our to do is to give you guys some geek news uh for the last we'll say two weeks roughly because we were Mm -hmm. on a little break for um the holiday slash black friday if you don't celebrate celebrate thanksgiving 
um, and you'd like to go shopping instead or just, you know, like the time off. So, Carter, what geek news do you have for us this week? Uh, releasing just today, actually, were three new trailers from Disney. Uh, one for Indiana Jones 5, which has been given the title uh, Dial of Destiny, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, and um, Ant-Man also got like a sizzle reel trailer from CCXP, which is a Comic-Con in Brazil that's going on right now. And the newest Transformers movie, Rise of the Beast, also got a trailer today. Looks really good. Um, and a couple of casting news came out. Uh, Jenna Ortega, mostly known for the new Scream movie and Wednesday, is supposedly going to play White Tiger and the Daredevil Born Again TV series, which is really cool to know. And that Marvel is looking for a conflicted and powerful villain for Thunderbolts. And they're thinking about casting Ryan Gosling or Alexander Skarsgård in that role. I hope Alexander Skarsgård get it because after the Northman, he really does deserve new roles. Um, and then Bob Chepik uh, got fired from Disney recently and Bob Iger is back, which I thought was a crazy power move by Disney after Bob Chepik's uh, controversial comments about animation not being for adults and only being for kids. Uh, I personally am glad that he has been fired because I didn't think he was doing a good job in the first place. And I'm happy to see that Bye Bye Bob Iger came back. And a little bit of disappointing slash sad news is that Chris Hemsworth's taking a break from acting after learning he could be diagnosed with Alzheimer's in the next coming of years, which I think is really sad. Uh, I hope he wraps up his Thor character here pretty soon if that disease ever decides to take place, but I'm glad he's taking time off to go spend some time with his family. Uh, um, that's all I have. Okay, I'm going to add on to that um, and just talk a little bit more because that is one that has hit my family, unfortunately. Um, it's not so much that it could hit him in the next couple of years, Chris Hemsworth, um, but he is eight to 10 more times likely um, to get Alzheimer's um, as he ages than the general population because of the gene that scientists have been able to figure out um, a common link between people with Alzheimer's have this specific gene. And unfortunately, both of his parents passed it on to him, wow. um, which of course leads to him being eight to 10 times more likely of getting Alzheimer's. Um, and Chris Hemsworth being the lovable giant teddy bear that we all know and love on screen as Thor. Mm -hmm. um, some of us back when he was uh, Chris Pine's dad in Star Trek. <laughs> um, he, you can tell very, in the documentary series that he did with Disney Plus, you could tell how much it hit him just mm -hmm. realizing that Alzheimer's is um, the disease that takes everything. It takes who you are, who your loved ones are, um, and all the memories that you made with them. And so I, I totally get his need and want to go spend more time with his kids and to make the memories with them over making movies. Um, I doubt that he will be gone for long for making movies but I do hope that he takes a well-deserved break and is not forced back before he's ready um because I do think that he loves filming and 
being around other people to make the incredible memories that come with filmmaking and making art essentially right um but so in slightly happier news uh also in the casting aspect we got two new gods for the percy jackson series um we have jay duplass as hades and then timothy amundsen as hephaestus and for those of you who know carlton lassiter as hephaestus uh i'm super excited for that and also that he was in gallivant um so yeah i'm really excited for that i've never seen jay duplass and everything or if i have i don't remember Mm -hmm. um but just the picture that they posted of him i'm like this is gonna be a really interesting hades um so yeah i'm more excited that we keep getting more god casting updates really want to know who's gonna be playing zeus and poseidon but it's okay we can wait it's not coming out until next year sometime soon mm-hmm. rick riordan we need that information um in other news if there is a big rumor going around that ryan reynolds has talked channing tatum into appearing in deadpool 3 um whether or not it's going to be gambit is still uh out in the we don't know but the fact that channing tatum is very likely possibly going to be in deadpool 3 means that ryan reynolds is out there going hey buddy i'm gonna be annoying until you say yes (laughs) um and of course continuing on the marvel theme uh, I wanted to re- read out the message from Ryan Coogler um, that was posted on Marvel's Instagram about Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Um, he says, gratitude, that is my only word that comes to mind for your support of our work on the film. I am filled with it. Thank you. Thank you to the people who brought, who bought their tickets early and camped out opening weekend. So Carter, he's thanking you. um thank you to those of you who took their families out young ones and elders in tow to those who organized youth screenings and after parties who bought out theaters for communities and friends to all of you who watched multiple times and encouraged other folks to check it out our film is over two and a half hours long so thank you for holding those bathroom breaks our film has six languages spoken in it Thank you for bearing with the subtitles. And our film deals with the inescapable human emotion of grief. Thank you for opening yourself up to the emotional journey of this film. We made something to honor our friend who was a giant in our industry. And we also made something to be enjoyed in a theatrical setting with friends, family, and strangers. Something to be quoted and discussed, to be debated, something to make people both physically and emotionally feel seen this medium wouldn't exist without an audience and i thank you for giving me professional purpose and an emotional outlet i look forward to bringing you more stories in the future sincerely ryan coogler um i'm not going to try and pronounce the wakandan that he signed off with because i will mess it up and i'll be very upset about it but he goes on to say wakanda forever Chadwick forever, long with live T'Challa. Um, 
and I thought that was very important because they have discussed um, recasting Black Panther and to know that this film has impacted so many people without the recasting and taking the story in a slightly different way um, is super awesome to hear. Um, and so two more bits of news. One, because I'm a huge book nerd, um, but the Brooklyn Public Library, which is one of the nation's largest libraries, reveals the most borrowed books in its 125-year history. Um, so what's been borrowed the most times since the library has been opened in 1896 goes to Where the Wild Things Are, um, which did get turned into a film. I don't think, I've never seen the film. I saw the play, because it was a play as well. Um, and then Snowy Day, The Snowy Day by Ezra Jack Keats and The Cat in the Hat by Dr. Seuss mm-hmm. are the second and third most borrowed books, followed by A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens and Are You My Mother by P.D. Eastman. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was very interesting that the most checked out books are picture books. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody likes picture books, even adults. Um, and my final bit of geek news which some of you will go, ew, sports, that's not a geeky thing. Listen, you can geek out on sports because I do it a lot, okay? Being in a fandom is not specifically like um, movies and books. It can be sports as well. Miguel Cabrera, who I remember in elementary school when he first went to um, the World Series with the Tigers and Justin Verlander, has announced that he plans to retire at the end of next season, um, the 2023 season. So this is, I mean, this has been coming for a while. The dude's getting old for baseball mm-hmm. standards. I'm honestly surprised um, he didn't do it sooner, but it's great that he stuck it out for that amount of years. Yeah, he, I think mostly is because, especially in recent years, he's kind of gotten injured a bit more. Mm-hmm. And so he wanted to be able to continue to play. But he also had like certain goals that he wanted to hit. So like the 300 um, home runs hit and yeah, um, something else that happened. Isn't it like 2,000 hits or something like that or 1,000? Yeah. So I think being so close to those things, he was like, you know, we just got to stick it out until till we're there. Um, so yeah, that is our geek news for the week. So our geek topic um, for this week, if you were curious about why I asked Carter about fairy tales, Mm -hmm. it's because we wanted to talk about fairy tales, specifically um, how recently fairy tales have been twisted, not necessarily to make them darker, but to just put like new spins on them, um, make them to stay relevant. Because if you think of a story like Red Riding Hood, who's a little girl skipping through the woods off on her way to bring a basket of bread and um, cookies to her grandmother's house. Um, That's not necessarily how it happens nowadays. You know, you driving cars uh, or you just FaceTime grandmother and say, I hope you got the basket we sent you. Um, But so Carter, um, specifically what brought this around was the fact of disenchanted being released did you get a chance to watch it yeah i did 
what was your initial reaction to it? I didn't like it very much, actually. Um, what? Why not? Yeah, I didn't love it, honestly. I think it had a clever plot. I think, I don't know. I just didn't like some of the story plot details that were used. I didn't like how Morgan became like the, uh, the cynical teenager, even though she's been surrounded with uh, music and magic and that her mom is a literal Disney princess for all her life. And she just kind of became this boring typical teenager and I kind of wish this whole film was not about Giselle realizing that she needed a fairy tale life but Morgan realizing um that she needed a fairy tale life and I wish that she made that wish instead of Giselle make like I wish that I had a fairy tale life because for Morgan not everything was going her way and she knows that her mom kind of had like the perfect life in that fairy tale world and I wish that she made that wish and she knew the consequences of that wish coming to fruition like the evil queen and Giselle turning into the evil stepmother which I thought was so clever I just didn't like how the movie proceeded with those ideas uh I did think that the scroll ended up being my favorite character though he was just this goofy looking cgi character but not in like the bad cgi but like he moved and he moved like the way uh paper would move if it was a living creature and he had a very funny voice and i don't know i just kind of wish we saw more of that character and if like you know how giselle had the little chipmunk as the little buddy of morgan made that wish the scroll was a little buddy teaching her all these rules of fairy tales and what being a fairy tale life is actually like I I completely understood Morgan and I don't think she was the uh cynical teenager but if you're you've grown up in the city and this gets talked about in a lot of different um genres across books movies tv shows um but also like myself included is you go from living this essentially fast-paced life um, where you have all this freedom. So, you know, Morgan saying, well, I I've taken the train before by myself. Like, it's not that big of a deal. Um, to all of a sudden, her parents are more involved in her life and are like, no, you need to be safe and you need to be... Um, it made sense that she couldn't, fully slow down because also as a teenager you're not going to be able to um like transition that quickly especially leaving all your friends behind going to this place if you're watching online or if you've seen the movie um to a pink house mm -hmm. and morgan is very definitely not the pink and always flowers like she's got a little edge to her not in like the full emo, you know, goth, heavy metal type of way, but like the typical like teenager of, oh yeah, I like these older bands. I like wearing things that are exactly like Giselle. And I think Morgan more wanted the family aspect of, um, them realizing who she was and who she was becoming more than a fairy tale life mm -hmm. um because there were a few times in the movie that i noticed like um when her dad um calls the baby my little princess 
and you can see Morgan's face just fall because here she is. She's been the baby for 16 years and all of a sudden her dad's focus is on this new kid who's teeny and you know she's not being called the princess anymore and um and so there's like that not necessarily power struggle but power dynamic between like you know Morgan loves her little sister but also is like hey I'm here too like this isn't all about you and the baby like this is I'm here um and so I don't think that it would have worked the same if Morgan had made the wish for a fairy tale life I think her wish would have been more of like I wish they paid attention to me more or like noticed who I really was which would have led into oh crap oh there's a movie about it. Oh, wait. Like, Wizards of Waverly Place, kind of. Um, mm-hmm. Where, like, all of a sudden, you know, they forget who the different characters are. You know, so, like, Max. They forget that Max is there. Or, or um, oh, Narnia. The third movie, Voyage of the Dawn Treader, so the fifth book. Mm-hmm. Um where Lucy wishes to be like Susan and essentially wishes herself away. She, I think if Morgan had wish, made a wish using um, the wish wand, whatever it was called, um, then she would have ended up wishing her little sister away. And it would have been a lot more dramatic than kind of like that lighthearted, let's make fun of fairy tales. Mm-hmm. Um, that it was because I'll agree with you too I absolutely loved Giselle becoming the wicked stepmother because I liked how like there were different stages that she had to go through before becoming the full stepmother so it's like okay so we've now established that there are some stepmothers that are okay they're not necessarily evil but they're not good Mm -hmm. um but then you've got the evil stepmothers that you know these things happen um and and that's what makes them evil and I did like that part I also liked the wicked queen um with Maya Rudolph that was fantastic absolutely loved it I thought it was funny when what's the the little chipmunk's name (laughs) but when he when he turned into a uh, fat evil cat I thought that was clever yeah yeah I, I liked his line of I now have to lick this and I don't know why and I'm like yeah. that is my cat that's <laughs> that's the cat mm-hmm. yes I'm talking about you yeah that was that was really clever I really like that uh, I wish James Marsden was in the movie a little bit more as the prince I think it kind of sucks that they left him back in fairy tale world and he didn't really get his moment to shine for me, that one was um, showing how much Prince Charming, excuse you, do not step on the computer, thank you, um, how much Prince Charming has actually accepted his role of king of Astor- Astoria? Yeah, that's the yeah, name of the town. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and like how much he cares for all the creatures and people in it now. Um, whereas like when he was with Giselle 
in the first one it was more about just winning the princess yeah um so i did i liked the character development of james marsden i do think um i i would have liked more interaction between him and patrick dempsey especially with the sword of like patrick dempsey being like okay now what do i do with this thing and and Mm -hmm. you know james marsden coming in and be like no don't hold him like that what are you what are you doing that's not how you and then like showing him a few things and then having to part with the sword again Mm -hmm. um i think that would have been more interesting especially when they changed it to patrick dempsey's character um being that person that's trying to figure out you know who do I save now? I'm supposed to go save people. So what do I do? Um, I totally agree. I just want to know what exactly, like, okay, I understand the giant coming through and destroying everything, but I was like, how does a dragon fit in in New York? Like, I was like, what? I really wanted to dive a little bit deeper into that, like have the dragon come out and be like, I don't I just want to be left alone or something like stop bothering me yeah instead of just let's push a rock and close him in this cave what I think that's just saying that in fairy tales a more complicated way of solving things is done when there are obviously more simpler ways of doing things that is completely fair I um but that was also done in the first movie too so yeah kind of redid that they do they redo a lot of things in the second movie that they did in the first movie like Giselle going and making another world and her exploring that world being trying to be somebody different they did that in the first movie um that like I just don't think Giselle should have been the main character I really think it should have been Morgan I think that's where they really where the movie really faltered for me because I'm like I already know Giselle's story from the first one i didn't think she needed that much character development and i really think morgan was in desperate need of like having her own story but i think for me with it being giselle's story it was more about okay yes she's adapted to living in our world versus um the fairy tale world um but it was it's more like what the big theme of the movie was, you know, once you, in a fairy tale world, once you find your happily ever after, that's it. There's nothing more. It's just happily ever after. Mm-hmm. But in our world, and I think this is a commentary on our world too, but I don't know how deep we want to get into this. Um, you know, our world, we're constantly going, I'm looking for my happily ever after. I'm looking for my knight in shining armor my damsel in distress whatever you know that thing that's gonna make me happy for the rest of my life but in our world that's not how it ends you know you still have to fight to find the rest of the happily ever after um and morgan already knows that because she's lived in the real world her whole life um and so it's, you know, it's Giselle coming to terms with this world is not like mine. I have these expectations, but oh, look, because honestly, to me, Giselle never felt 
grown up mm-hmm. and that was partially how she was portrayed as animated and then when it was amy adams on the screen like when she was animated i felt like she was like you know 16 16 mm-hmm. 18 late teens and then suddenly she's amy adams and she's 30 years old and it's like wait the whole 13 go 30 going out 13 you know um, yeah i also felt like the passage of time in this movie was weird i think it would have made more sense for the story to take place if it was two years later not 17 plus years later where she actually had time to adapt and have another kid i think so because i think like part of it is also like you think your life is going to turn out a certain way and we were discussing this in one of my classes too not specifically for this movie but um like with relationships and stuff too like sometimes it takes you a while because you're still in that happy phase that honeymoon phase that whatever and we also don't know truly how long it took them to get married yeah, because i'm sure true. part of it was also hey giselle's an actual person she needs a social security number um how do we do that without identity theft yeah and would she have to go through like the whole like illegal alien stuff like taking a test and everything and like getting a driver's license and yeah honestly that would have been more of a better movie or i would have kind of appreciated it if like you know this movie started out in live action and the rest of the movie was animated just like how the first movie started out being animated and went into live action i think that would have also been clever i don't know i just see a lot of different ways that this movie could have gone I would have liked to have seen Morgan explore the fairy tale world instead of Giselle being the fish out of water. It'd be funny if Morgan was the fish out of water in the animated uh, world and they just kind of flip flop the stories with different characters. I think that would have been fun. Um, I think what they like, need let's to say, do. Like Morgan ran away because she doesn't love her. Like she doesn't love the life that she's given with Giselle and her dad. And like she wants to go explore something new think what they need to do is make some shorts and it can be Olaf talking we can have a live action Olaf I'm totally okay with that um Olaf narrator of you know Giselle becoming a legal resident of the United States um you know Morgan trying to figure out how to get back to Astoria uh when she's younger and not being able to do it and just falling into different wells at different times and yeah like an alice what is it alice not alice in wonderland but it's alice through the looking glass right yeah alice is going through yeah that would have been fun yeah. i actually would have liked that um but i also think that they could do like a short for like a uh epilogue of like uh morgan going back to the well behind their house being able to go to Astoria um, Mm -hmm. and like helping to fix things up but also you know all of a sudden she's got to deal with ogres and giants and dragons and um and like Prince Charming coming and being like no this is how you do it and she's like that makes no sense whatsoever like what what are you doing Mm -hmm. um because I think it would also be interesting to see the interaction between um, 
Morgan and the character that becomes her Prince Charming, that's the evil queen's son. Mm-hmm. Um, and like the interaction between them and then having Giselle and Maya Rudolph as like the overbearing mothers. Yeah. <laughs> who both want the best for their kids, but are, you know, going about it two different ways. And which they could honestly make that into a movie all on its own. Um, but to address your like the time gap too, part of that was also because Amy Adams, at least I'm assuming Amy Adams, uh, because she was one of the like executive producers of the movie, mm-hmm. she really had to fight just to even get a second movie. Right. And you know, with Disney, it's like they were like, Oh, well. I mean, I don't even know what they were thinking for why they didn't give it a sequel. Um, but I also kind of like that it's farther away because it's like Monsters, Inc., how we got Monsters University a few years ago, mm-hmm. that like the kids who had it when we were little and then all of a sudden, you know, we're adults and we can pick up on the... Easter eggs and all the different references to all the other um, fairy tales. And honestly, you could probably play a drinking game if you're over 21. Um, to, you know, oh, found a reference, take a drink, you know. Yeah, definitely. But, <laughs> so uh, moving away from Disenchanted a little bit. But still staying on the topic of fairy tales. Um, you and I both said uh, a favorite version of fairy tales. And I had mentioned earlier that fairy tales get adapted to keep them relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, but so what specifically about, you said Once Upon a Time was mm-hmm. your favorite adaptation. So what specifically about Once Upon a Time? Uh, it's been a while since I've watched this show, so bear with me. Um, I kind of liked how all the fairy tales were connected into one overarching story that the evil queen curse uh, Snow White's wedding, that they'll never, ever be happy. And she creates this whole world where she separates all the different characters. And one by one in each episode, they all have to come together and like realize who they are. And I think it was really clever how they use Henry as Prince Charming and Snow White's uh, kid is like the chosen one who would bring them all grandkid. together. Grandkid, right, grandkid. But also technically their kid who was uh was it Ella? I don't remember the name of their actual kid. Emma? Emma, yeah. But like those two would be the ones to bring them all Which, back together. That was one of my thing one of my problems with the show. I'm like, all right. So you have charming and you have snow and you come up with Emma. Yeah. Like, that is the most, like, Americanized one. Yeah, it's Emma. Um, Hey, but at least they got the grandchild Henry, who's, like, you know, um, who was the one to, like, bring them all together with the storybook, and he's, like, the one with all the magic and youth. Um, But, you know, um, I haven't watched that show in a while, so it may have worn off some of its magic i stopped around the neverland season when they made peter pan the bad guy 
which that was a really good season, actually. I like that one. And Emma falls in love with Hook. That was cute. Yes. Uh, but yeah, it's been it it's been a while. But uh, my favorite adaptation of any um, fairy tale is definitely the Grim Fairy Tales version of Cinderella. I don't know. I love that the whole entire point. Which okay, no, because there are actually two versions. And the only reason I know this is because um, for pre-student teaching, my host teacher was like, hey, I don't know exactly what I want to do for our next unit. I'm thinking fairy tales. And you're going to do your lesson to start off the unit. And it was like, thanks, Andy. Mm-hmm. Um, but so there are actually two versions, both grim. But the severity of what happens to the stepsisters is different. Well, I'm talking about the one where the you know stepsisters. I think one of them cuts off their own big toe to try and fit their foot in this. Oh, that happens both times. Oh, that does happen both times. Well, what about the end where the both sisters get their eyes pecked out by the ravens? That's the version. That's the second version. Yeah, I love the second version just because of that. Because they get their comeuppance at the end because of how terrible they are. Yep. I think, yeah, that that was actually interesting to me because I found one version and I was like, oh, this is great. And then I got to the end and I was like, wait, where are they pecking out the eyes? Like, they're supposed to peck out the eyes. Oh, that's the version that they printed like two years later. What? <laughs> I mean, it's okay. Um, I think it works, you know. Sometimes yeah. later printing, you know, they change the ending. I think that's pretty good. Um, that's my favorite interpretation of the story, at least. Um. I will be honest and say that, like, it is so bad, but I kind of like the version of Red Riding Hood where she actually falls in love with the wolf. Yeah, there's also a couple um, stories, like, and Once Upon a Time, I think she was the wolf, which I thought was also yeah. kind of clever, too. Uh, she was a, a fairy tale version of a werewolf. Um, there's also um, the movie the horror movie called Little Red Riding Hood that involves one of the actresses from Mean Girls. I forget her name, but it's the Amanda Seyfried. Yes. And yep. that's also a great adaptation because she falls in love with the wolf and becomes a part of the pack by becoming a werewolf. Well, she was that's originally the- because she had the bloodline from her dad. Right. And so, her dad like, was the werewolf, I think. Yeah. And yeah. like so was her like her grandmother knew about the genes and everything. And right. um yeah, and with Irons, I think it was Jeremy Irons, but not like the older one, the younger one. I think there's two actors named Jeremy Irons, but the younger one was like he wasn't Peter, but he was the half brother of her half sister. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that part got really confusing. Yeah. Um especially when I'm watching it as like a preteen um but like because the werewolf or wolf in general is supposed to represent the bad nature of men of oh well they can't you know they're consumed by lust so it's up to the female not to it's like nah I just want to really, go off into the woods and not have to deal with society's expectations. I know. I like, I didn't really take the wolf as like a depiction of men, more as like a depiction of how twisted and terrible society can be and why uh, we should always be aware of the worst while always thinking of the best. 
It honestly depends on the version. Because if you watch the film stage version, if that makes sense. So it's the stage version that got filmed of Into the Woods. Um, you can see the wolf's uh, genitalia as part of his costume. Because it's supposed really? to be that. Yeah. But in the new one, it's not. Hmm. So it really depends on the version and what the person writing it and ad- adapting it is trying to say. Because huh. if they are trying to talk about, you know, female innocence and against a terrible society, then okay, yeah, you're just going to have it as the wolf. He's bad guy. He's tricking this girl into whatever. Um but on most versions of Red Riding Hood, the wolf is very sexualized. Huh. Okay. And it's meant to be about taking a female's innocence before marriage, essentially. Huh. Um, I but I, like, it's more for me that story is more, especially because a lot of times when it is the female going with the wolf, um there might be like a little bit of coercion but for the most part it's her just going yeah screw society society sucks i don't Mm -hmm. feel like dealing with the uh expectations of being a female so let's just go live in the woods with the wolves Mm -hmm. um and so like as a female who was very tomboyish uh as a kid growing up still being told uh, you need to be more feminine. First off, no. Um, but yeah, so the Red Riding Hood, but also I feel like I like Red Riding Hood a little bit more because there's a little bit more action. Yeah. Like the other ones, it's like, oh, okay. So there's no like, like, okay, Hansel and Gretel. Uh, they're kids who outwit the witch and are able to push her into the oven. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Um, and then they come home and their stepmother is gone. And you're like, huh, is it the same person? I asked my kids that uh, because we read Hansel and Gretel a different day. And I was, and they were like, did you notice that the mom is gone? And I was like, did you notice that she might also be the witch? And they were like, what? Hmm. Um, but. Sorry background noise of trains going through and just oh, really making yeah. a lot of noise it's just great we're used to that yeah brendan and i had that a lot so mm-hmm. um but there's also the versions um in the books by mm-hmm. alex flynn um so you got beastly mm-hmm. i'm not remembering any of the other books but there's a whole bunch of them because they all spin off of each other and connect um you've got the show grim which i loved that show because it connected different cultures of their fairy tales and lore together as well Mm -hmm. um so like there is one that the episode is about native american and ojibwe culture and Mm -hmm. the lore on a specific creature um and i was like yes we're getting that and we're not being stupid about it like we're actually being respectful um like because they actually had native american 
actors coming in and explaining the story like their character was explaining it not the white person explaining it um and honestly i loved that show i need to rewatch it because i don't think i ever technically finished it um but then there's also a new series that's called um the lunar chronicles mm-hmm. so it's cinder scarlet and cress with i think two short story spinoffs um but it also bring, that makes it also more science fiction because like cinderella is part robot um but they're also because like she had to get like limbs replaced and stuff so she's got like the computer whatever um but also moon people like they live on the moon and like are trying to take over humanity and oh it's so good um but yeah we have all these adaptations and it kind of amazes me that like we haven't run out of ways to adapt fairy tales from Hans Christian Andersen and Grimm's brothers like if you really go through and look I mean if you look up Cinderella you're gonna find at least like a thousand different versions Mm -hmm. um because I found uh, I think I was gonna do four different short stories of the Cinderella story and one was like South African um one was from Appalachia another one was like South Carolina from like black communities um Creole that's what I was trying to think of um I don't remember what the other one was oh Zimbabwe Mm. but like they 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 had a whole like it was a whole website that was like all right what country do you want because there are like a hundred different stories in this country there's five stories in this country um and that's really cool that we can do that where we can connect across cultures mm-hmm. um so yeah i don't know uh going back to your once by time i i got mad with how much they connected different characters together in a way yeah with R- Rumpelstiltskin being the one manipulating everybody I can see how that can that can annoy some people well he was also Peter Pan's son which made yeah. Peter Pan Henry's great 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 grandfather um but then like because the evil queen adopted Henry therefore she was Henry's mother along with Emma um and then you also and it was just like wait can we just like can we create an actual tree that does not cross paths? Uh, um, no, I guess you can't, no. <laughs> I think I honestly wanted more of uh, the Mad Hatter, Jefferson. Not yeah. just because it was played by Sebastian Stan, but like the role of Jefferson himself. Like he was the only one besides Regina and Rumpelstiltskin and technically Henry, that, mm-hmm. like, knew. And it was like, do you realize he could screw your stuff up? Like, why didn't they do that? Yeah, I don't know. Well, well probably to um, lengthen the TV show. for yeah. 
yeah all right well do you have any other commentary on fairy tales or disenchanted uh, i will say this um doctor who i think is also a modern fairy tale uh especially for the 11th doctor to be honest you... i have not watched doctor who the one time i tried watching an episode i got really confused that's okay um well more specifically for the 11th doctor because in the very first episode it starts out with a girl seeing the doctor crashed in her backyard and she thinks that he's his imaginary friend and the whole time that she grows up she's been telling people that she saw this man in her backyard that one night and he was real and to her uh she called him her raggedy man and for british terms that means imaginary friend or crazy person um and then the doctor shows up uh later in the episode to introduce himself as like this being who can take her along this magical journey to see all these different kinds of creatures and there are fairies and monsters and werewolves introduced in doctor who and there are a lot of fairy trope fairy tale uh tropes used in doctor who episodes and i think for anybody who wants to um like who likes fairy tales but also wants to get into like sci-fi. I think Doctor Who's just like a great show because there's also this one episode um, in Doctor Who. I forget the name of it, but it's towards the 11th end series. And I think it's, I think it's called Listen. And it's about the Doctor exploring this haunted house. And it's about two alien creatures communicating with each other, one on Earth and the other on another plane of existence using writing on the wall and trying to communicate with each other. And the, the doctor thinks that it's, it's aliens trying to take over the earth when really it's a love story between the two aliens and them trying to get back home to each other. It's a really sweet episode. And like the alien, when you actually see it, it's really cool. It's like this tree twisted looking Muppet almost. And it's completely practical. And it's a great heartwarming episode just about two people trying to get back to each other like in a fairy tale. Yeah. Yeah. I was also reminded of there are a few uh, supernatural episodes that deal with fairy tales. Mm -hmm. um, but also, I would like to point out that in Frozen 2, I think it's, yeah, it's number two, um, mm -hmm. Anna and Elsa's mom, when their dad was like, oh, what are you reading? And she was like, oh, this new like Swedish author or whatever it was. That was Hans Christian Andersen that yeah, she was reading. Wasn't, yeah, didn't he write The Snow Queen, which the story is so. based off of? Yeah, that's what yeah. I thought. And I was yeah. like, you, you did your research. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and the whole story is completely different than what Frozen turned out to be. Yeah, but I mean, doesn't it's an Elsa, adaptation. Doesn't Elsa like kill her sister in the original Snow Queen story? I don't remember because I, I get mixed up like the snow queen versus like snow white right well obviously not snow white because snow white would yeah or anything but I feel I, I know that people said like snow queen and frozen don't show your kids the snow queen because one is really different than frozen and two it's it's really dark I think because the snow queen tries to cure herself of her powers and she accidentally kills her sister which you know kind of actually happened in the story now that i think about it but just like in a less dark way that was more on accident but well i think, I think i think that's how 
the Huntsman with Chris Hemsworth and mm -hmm. Charlize Theron and oh my gosh, John Krasinski's wife. Um, oh, Emily Blunt. Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, Emily Blunt. That I think that's how that one went. I haven't seen that one yet. Um, but I saw the first one, which was Snow White and the Huntsman with uh, Bella from Twilight, Kristen Stewart. Mm -hmm. um, but those were also really good. But yeah. I yeah, I think that's how it goes for the Huntsman from what I remember of seeing, but I could mm -hmm. be wrong. Okay. Um, but yeah. Mm -hmm. So as always on Raving Geeks, we like to end our episodes um, with some geek recommendations. And this can be books, movies, uh, TV shows, music, TikTok, TikTokers, TikTok videos, um, whatever we find interesting and geeky and want y'all to be a part of. So, Carter, what um, recommendations do you have for us this week? Uh, I have two recommendations. One, uh, my background behind me is Guardians of the Galaxy, the holiday special that recently came out on Disney+. Plus. It's very heartwarming, and it makes you think about the Guardians in a different light. There is one Guardian who has this big twist to reveal to Star-Lord, and you see it coming, but at, at the um, but at the same time, you don't. And when it was said, I'm like, I, like it still got me, like, surprised. Like, oh, that did happen. And then I thought back all the way to Guardians 2, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that did happen. I don't know why that wasn't more of a revelation for me. But the way they treat it as a revelation during the story is really clever. And um, I was surprised with James Gunn writing for that story. And the other recommendation I'd like to give is to for everybody to go see Violent Night starring David Harbour. It's about Santa Claus saving a little girl and her family from a bunch of mercenaries. And it's directed, no, not directed, but it's written by the same people who did John Wick. So, and it comes out at the time of this recording this Friday. Yeah, so uh, tomorrow. Mm -hmm. um, all right. Well, my uh, recommendations are if you haven't seen the original Enchanted with Amy Adams and Patrick Dempsey and Adina Menzel and um, James Morrison, I highly recommend you see that one and then you go watch Disenchanted. Um, also, so you can join in on our conversation about Disenchanted. Um, but I am also going to recommend all of the different... Um, fairy tale versions that we talked about today um as and then my final one is vampire academy on peacock it is a book series i know i'm doing it out of order i know i'm supposed to read the books first and then watch the tv series but people got me hooked on dimitri on tiktok and i'm really upset so i had to go watch it um and then i fell in love with the actor because so random fact kieran moore um he was a boxer first so like the fight scenes I am sure he had part in um choreographing the fight scenes especially the ones that he's in um but he also does poetry so like if you follow his tiktok he does he's um trying to think of the word speaks his own poetry like he shares it um even the ones that he's not like fully confident or happy with Mm -hmm. um and so I think that's really cool um and yeah so Vampire Academy 
read the books, watch the TV series if you have Peacock. Um, and also follow Kieran Moore on TikTok because his poetry is awesome. Um, and I'm going to put in a shameless plug um, because I did get two poems published. I was told of this this past week um, for the Central Review magazine. Magazine. Um, and we are having a reading on December 7th at 7 p.m. in Park Auditorium in the library. Um, and so you get to hear one of my poems. I'll read it out loud. Uh, I'm not saying which one because mm -hmm. I still haven't fully decided. But yeah, so those are my recommendations. Um, so as always, you guys can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Raven Geeks. And you can reach out to us on TikTok at Raven Geeks as well. Uh, you can comment on our videos. Um, send me, you can send me, send us messages, send us ideas of what to post. I have some ideas. I'm finalizing them, so I should be posting new videos soon. Just gotta like edit them together. Um, but yeah, so as always, I have been Hope Goodrell along with my co-host. I'm Carter Sally. We hope that you all have a great weekie and stay geeky, everyone. See, See you guys ya. later. <laughs>